Wayne, we finally did it. What do we do, Ben? We get Dave Grohl as a guest? Well, we didn't do that. What about Eric Church? Get Eric Church as a guest? Is that it? We didn't do that either, but... Oh, man. Then you got to tell me you got Shania Twain, my, my, my rock and roll crush. She's going to be on the show, right? We didn't do that either. We finally joined Patreon. Oh, we did, did we? We, we did, and for as little as $3 a month, you can help support the podcast. And, of course, depending on the tier that you select, you can get access to episodes a week before they go live to all of our listeners. And also as a special treat, at the guest revisitor level, you can join us for an episode to talk about one of your favorite records. And we might also just have a special guest join us for that episode as well. And all new Patreons at all levels will be invited to our first ever live stream event on May 18th. We'll be talking about one of the greatest records of all time, The Clash is one Not a Surf is going to join us for that live stream. So go to patreon.com slash records revisited podcast. That's all one word to sign up. And we'll give shout outs on our episodes for all new revisitors. So big shout outs to our first four Patreon revisitors. Welcome to another episode of Records Revisited, a podcast dedicated to the magic of music. I'm your DJ, your MC, the host on the East Coast. I'm Ben Montgomery. Joining me is the man who has told me on more than one occasion during our sound checks, your lips are moving, I cannot hear. Your voice is soothing, but the words aren't clear. I'm looking through you. You're not the same. Here's my co-host from the left coast, Wayne Fugate. Hola, Ben. I'm did. I thought you. I thought you thought you meant that I said right. that stuff. No, no. <laughs> which I would believe you if you told Absolutely. me if you said that. <laughs> so for this episode, you can hear his voice. You may remember him as the front man of the band Enough's Enough, but he's been making music on his own terms lately outside of that band, and we're going to talk about um, his career. So please welcome to the podcast, Donnie V. Thank you. Career How or, are you? or lack thereof. Uh, pretty good for my age. <laughs> good. And hanging in there. Excellent. Well, uh, premise of our podcast is fairly simple. We talk about music, but as we do at the uh, beginning of each episode, we ask the all-important question. So I'm going to start with you, Donnie. What T-shirt are you wearing? Uh, I believe I'm wearing... I think this is uh, from... Uh, like the Please Please Me record era or, era or whatever. It's like one of the first Beatles uh, shirts. I, I only have two. I used to have three. One that just said the Beatles. And uh, I mean, I've had some during the course of my life. But fortunately, I happened to find this one. And, and <laughs> it was the only one I could find. The other one I looked fat in. <laughs> <laughs> That's a problem with my shirts, too. The good news is we're only doing audio. So, oh, you, know, you can't you could... you see? Oh. No, you could you could have totally worn that shirt and nobody would have known. So, dude, I could have not had to take a shower. Exactly, <laughs> and I wouldn't that be too. Sweat, sweating like crazy right now, rushing. <laughs> that too. So I had to go let the damn fish go. <laughs> yeah, okay, there. So, yeah, you were telling us before we uh, we started recording. So there was a there was a fish incident today. All right. Well, first of all, I got to throw props to. Don't ever go to Petco to buy fish, okay? So okay. they infect your tank. A couple times they've done it, and and then um, I got this one. I, I wanted a yellow glowfish because I have the other colors, so I, they asked for the yellow, and they accidentally scooped up two fish, and there was this big, white, ugly thing in there. And I said, ah, fuck it, throw them in there, too, you know, as I felt bad. So I brought them home, and they've been in the tank and stuff, and the thing has been a bully. But then it uh, the other day... Um, Diana noticed it's got big 
cysts and stuff growing on it. So yeah. we looked that up, and um, and it said that it's, it's contagious, and the other fish can catch that. Of course, Petco, you fuckers. So, <laughs> so I go to bring it back. I go to bring it back, you know, because I went to go pick up another Molly that ex- because the other one I got accidentally went into the filter and, and I found him dead in there. Uh. So, so uh, we got another one and I brought him back and they wouldn't take him. They're like, we don't know how your tank is, you know, this and that. I go, are you fucking kidding me? You guys, your guys, it's like a toilet bowl in there. You know, you're worried about my tank is pristine. It's clearer. And so they wouldn't take it. And I, I can't. I don't have the heart to flush a fish or whatever else to do. And I tried to leave it there and walk out and they stopped me. So you forgot your fish and all this shit. So <laughs> on the way home from there, and I had forgot about this. So on the way home from there, I'm thinking, okay. And so I, there's right by my house is a lake called Tampere Lake. So I went over there and uh, set them free. You know, it was better than give them at least a fighting chance. It was a bit cold, I imagine. <laughs> Yeah, a little, little, little the, shock for him. Better than the toilet or the garbage can, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know. All right, Wayne, what, what t-shirt are you wearing? Um, this is from the air. I can say I was a huge Enough's Enough fan. I don't have any Enough's Enough shirts, but I did find in this really in this uh, box of shirts in my garage that I completely forgot about. I got a Faster Pussycat shirt from a, a show they did at a... Oh, just almost the same thing, man. <laughs> <laughs> a little different, but same time period. <laughs> yeah. And I'm wearing a uh, Dropkick Murphys t-shirt. I don't know how that fits into the Beatles or Enough's Enough. I thought he had to wear a fucking Beatles well, shirt. <laughs> unfortunately, I don't have one. I don't know how my kids have not bought me a Beatles t-shirt. Don't you guys doing a Beatles show? No. Oh, this no. ain't a Beatles show? Wow. This particular one is. This oh, one okay. is. This episode is. I don't know what the fuck's going on. <laughs> But, you, you're, but you're doing a lot of podcasts these days. I'm doing a bunch. Yeah. yeah, you got a good you got a good team that's promoting you right now. Very good team, Michael King and Rachel, and uh, we got Renee and Larry, and uh, yeah, they're 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 great. They've just they've souped up my uh, all my social media platforms, you know, ten twenty fold, and um, you know I'm I might go on pay, Facebook and, and rant. And uh, talk stupid shit. And this and last year, I went out a big tirade about Chip and stuff like that. But I basically, uh, they've kind of blocked me from being able to go on my own stuff now. Just as things they say, so I have people that handle all that for me, and it's, it's working out smoother. And um, yeah, I got a pretty good, pretty good social media. So that's why they were they were asking me, um, can we sit in on your podcast and listen, <laughs> and maybe veto what? Do-? No, they didn't say that. <laughs> I wouldn't right. be surprised. Well, when when your team pitched um, having you come on our podcast, so I had to defer this over to Wayne because I admittedly did not know a whole lot of Enough's Enough. I knew Fly High Michelle. That was about it because I'm I'm the Americana guy of this of this podcast. Wayne is the rock dude, hard rock, punk rock. It doesn't matter. He's the rock dude. When I told Wayne that uh, Donnie V was possibly coming on our podcast, uh, what was your reaction? Uh, he, I think he said, he goes, do you have any interest in Donnie V coming on the podcast? And I said, fuck, yes. Yeah. I, I say the second album, Strength, is one of my uh, one of my favorite albums. So it was like a tie? It was a tie the, in the votes? Wayne always <laughs> wins. He don't, he don't give a shit about no, me. Wayne. You love it, so... <laughs> Wayne Wayne always wins in in any of our battles. Um, I defer to him. He has more, 
he has more uh, wide-ranging taste than I do, I think. I still do have a lot of wide-ranging p- taste. But he, t- he tastes better than you? Exactly. <laughs> that's, that, that's That's what she said. I've never I've never been high on the totem pole either, even though I wrote and sang the songs, you know, but I get voted out of everything. <laughs> well, I had to do some homework, um, and I liked what I heard. I'm with Wayne. I love Strength. Like, that is a record that I am going to be listening to now, and I... I feel ashamed that I have not been listening to that for the last 30 years. Well, I haven't either. So don't feel feel too bad. So I'm just going to throw this out here. And I know that you've heard this way too many times. I get why you guys were lumped in with the hair bands of the late eighties, but I also don't get it. So was it just like bad timing on your part to not be born like 10 years earlier when hard rock bands really ruled the airwaves and it didn't matter what you look like. It just, it just was hard rock. Yeah. Well, all of the above it, we just basically at every pivotal moment in our whole career, still going on to this day, it could go left and, and go cool or it could go right. And there'd be bad luck and stuff. And it always would go right for some reason with the band and as a, uh, you know, if the, any of the good breaks to come, there would be this other break. And, uh, you know, it was a, it was a mess from the, the get-go. And Chip and I um, weren't, weren't glam or anything like that. You know, I didn't have any kind of vision like that ever. And uh, when we finally got, uh, when Vic and Derek joined the band, um, those guys, you, if you, I don't know if you know what they look like, but you see them there, even without makeup, they look like glam. You know what I mean? And yeah. Fox is like one of the hottest chicks and Derek had, had that big building of hair and stuff, and so sure, it's pretty. You know, yeah, and I was I was a kid, and I enough enough was basically my first uh, my first real band. You know yeah. what I mean? So I didn't know anything, and um, and uh, so I was just doing you know trying to keep up with the Joneses, and we were getting into this this area of and into you know playing out and things like that, and everybody else was looking like that, and um, what had happened, you know, I went against my gut instincts again and just having those guys in the band went against my gut instincts. You know, that wasn't what I envisioned. I didn't envision like Van Halen and Ricky Rocket in, uh, you know, in my my band, you know, when I was growing up and writing songs and stuff. I loved the Beatles yeah. and Cheap Trick and stuff like that. And so, you know, the whole thing was weird. And then everything was a mess because we were going through a lawsuit with our old attorney and everything through all of that. And um, it slipped past everybody that uh that look and stuff and, and it didn't occur you know i mean even though i did, wasn't really digging it it didn't occur to me that i would have any kind of say so or that would all right let's go let's wear jeans or something while everybody else is looking like that you know which would have been smart because i but, you know under the circumstances with that lineup and stuff you kind of had to do a compromise and and have cock rock versus meets the beatles you know what i mean and yeah and uh that look came with it and and there was basically no management as we went into our first record and uh, as we were releasing the songs and um, the label didn't step in and, and um, you know, make that, make that call, you know, you hear now and then every, every once in a while, somebody would say, Hey, so what's with the look and this and that, you know, and by then, you know, Hey, we're getting lots of chicks looking like this. What are you crazy? And so it's, fla- it's flashy. It's flamboyant where it's, you can tell we're stars, even if you don't know who we are walking to a, club or something you know and you get chicks and free drinks and stuff he's got the look but like had nobody everybody dropped the ball on that one and and had i been a little more together and a little bit more experienced i would have uh 
made that call that you know a few different calls that 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 would last have more longevity for the band like Tom Petty or U2 or this and that that weren't uh, didn't weren't based around any of their look or anything like that you know and and uh, probably we we'd be having a whole different conversation right now had that happened but it didn't happen and what did happen um, is as much as I regret it now it it did though at that time with what was going on with MTV and stuff like that in the video and the way the band looked and their sound and everything was so different but it was bright we were we were looked better than the glam bands without makeup because everybody was cute in the band you know what I mean and a lot of those glam bands not very cute guys with the makeup uh, on you know it's no a, it, we, but we, we've talked about that well we were still being called a glam band you know by the strength record the one that you heard we dropped the makeup I dropped all that makeup and stuff you know and yeah. still still had some retarded clothes and stuff and no more spandex and shit like that you know but and uh but by then it was it was too late and then they, people were still like referring to us as like a glam band and nobody had any makeup on you know it's like well what the fuck you know we can't what are you supposed to do but um what was the question again <laughs> I, you know and i we we just did an episode um on jellyfish's belly button do you know jellyfish the band jellyfish uh, yeah roger uh, roger manning jr he's playing on on my next single that's coming out he played on my fantastic beautiful things record my last record i released and if you like strength i think you'll like that one it's the best thing i've ever done so far and yeah he plays on it and you can get him to play on your stuff if you got the money yeah, absolutely. You know, but he's so. I'm a big fan of his, and he's great. Yeah, so so one of the things that we talked about on that episode was kind of that that same issue with arriving to the scene too late, or trying to incorporate sounds from '60s and '70s rock and trying to modernize it for the '90s, and that just didn't translate with the record companies. Didn't translate with. Um, the MTV crowd, so to speak. But I think now for music fans, like when I, when I told a couple of people that you were coming on the podcast, they're like, heck yeah. Um, Cause they, they respect bands like jellyfish, like you guys that were trying to do something a little bit different than the whole scene that was going on there. It didn't equate to, unfortunately to riches and fame for you guys. Um, but do you feel like now you're getting a little bit of those accolades of people going, people just didn't understand what what Enough's Enough was about in the 90s, and now we get it, and holy crap, these, these records are great. Well, it's like we were on the fence there. It's uh, We were too heavy for the people that like the pop and stuff like that, the Beatles yeah. and stuff, too light for the, for the heavy guys, the guys that like heavy metal and stuff like that. It kind of... There was, you know, it's kind of like that same niche of, of, of listeners or fans of like Jellyfish, but they're, they were a lot more self-indulgent, I think, than, than what my writing and how our, our band is. You know, I, I, I keep it basically simple, you know, uh, however the songs are beamed into my head from wherever they come from, I try not to fuck them up and they're, they're basic and they're straightforward and, you know, we don't go into all these weird, you know, things in which I love to listen to that, I'm, you know, but that's a very acquired taste you know to uh it's a very intelligent type sound you know sound and music you have to you know it's not just your everyday everybody 
would get that, you know what I mean? But then they didn't even have the, they didn't have the look or anything to go with that. And then what's crazy is because at, right after uh, we got killed with all that glam and hair and stuff like that that we did that it wasn't natural for me, then comes in Nirvana and stuff like that. Which is how I looked before we started. Right. And, and and I was a piece of shit. I was on drugs. I fucking would have looked like that too, you know what I mean? But then, so it's it's like, I'm like, God damn it. I mean, just fucking <laughs> every little thing, you know? Yeah, because I'm listening to, so I'm listening to the um, para, paraphernalia. Did yeah. I say it right? Well, you never heard of paraphernalia? You never, do, you never done drugs? No. <laughs> really? No. And and so I I hadn't heard that album either and and I'm listening to it and I'm like um so that came out in 1998, correct? So that was that was a few years after bands like Stone Temple Pilots had hit it big. That's as good as either of those two Stone Temple Pilots records. Well, thank you very much. I love the Stone Temple Pilots. Tell me about the making of that because you had you had Rick Nielsen of Cheap Trick on there. You had James Young, Billy kinda. Corgan helped helped with that. How did that all come together? Kinda. That's a lot. Kinda. Of name. That was okay. kind of more, more name dropping than. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, you know, it's uh, that's my partner Chip. He, uh, you know, yeah. I mean, uh, Rick Nielsen came down, um, called him down to see if he would play on something. And so he came down, of course, sitting there playing the guitar, and he's just doodling, noodling around on this song. And um, and so I'm sitting there watching, listening to Noodle. I'm thinking he's coming up with ideas and stuff like that, and he plays, he's just goofing around on it. And uh, I go, so I, I said, all right, well, let's try it. He goes, what do you mean? I'm done. He just played some riff, okay. and and Chip grabbed this one little set, little sliver of it and just looped it over and over and over again. It was, that's all it was that we could take out of that. And it turned in, he looped it over and over again. So that's Rick Nielsen playing on our record. And then Billy Corrigan came down, I think, for, uh, came down to smoke a joint or something. I don't know what it was that came, they were up in the studio upstairs. <laughs> and he came down, and we were doing um, a song for uh, a Cheap Trick tribute record. And we and doing Everything Works If You Let It, which I had never heard before. So I was, that's why I have this shitty vocal on it. But he came down there. And into the studio and see, we were doing that. Chip said, hey, would you mind, you know, playing on this one? And he, he grabbed the guitar. He said, he's noodling, too. He grabbed the guitar, plugged it in directly into the board, into like a flex pedal, into the board. No amp, no tones, no nothing, and just noodled. And then I play the guitar. He's get the credit for all the guitar. And James Young, he uh, commissioned us to write a couple songs for his solo record, okay. which we did. And and. He inadvertently ended up trying to rip us off too, and so. But he was down at the studio to uh, get us to sign this contract. He had already recorded, and uh, and the songs were already on his record and everything. And then he comes down to get us to sign off on the things and give us and give us the cash. And then I look at the contract, and it says that we're giving him the songs. You know, he, like you own them. Our names coming off. I'm like, fuck that. I'm not signing that. It's already on the record. So, luckily. But that happened after Chip asked him to pick up and play the guitar solo. And he did a very good solo on, uh, I forget what song it was that he played on. But, yeah, he actually, uh, you know, put some effort into it. He was he was glad to actually be involved in the song and stuff. But a lot of that stuff is, uh, I hate to say it, Chip will get mad at me if he hears it. But there's a lot of name dropping going on. Yeah. And, you know, there's a, 
you know, a lot of that stuff, uh, there's less to it than you would believe, you know what I mean? Than you would think. At that point in your guys' career, were you just kind of throwing anything at the wall, hoping something would stick? No, we uh, we continued to do, or at least I did, we continued to do what we always do, is write write songs and, you know, out of emotions and expression and stuff. They just kept writing, more writing machine. And yeah. and it's just, this, the records kind of evolved and stuff, but that's just me getting older and more experienced and, and you know, doing it more. And it, it, it weren't weren't trying to do anything like that. I'd already given up on, on hopes and dreams by that point. You know, I mean, that's, that's, I don't know, that's four, four or five records after the big records and stuff. So it's, uh, I was, we were just doing what we do and, um, hoping was, for the best. Was it at that point that you're just like, let us just keep our fan base that we've acquired happy with putting out more music? Well, that and being able so that we could, you know, even the small deals, there still was a little advance and we were broke. Okay. And then um, you also need something to, uh, you need some, if you need something out, so you can go out and get, get work, you know, so you can go out and play and get shows and uh, book tours and stuff. Yeah. You know, which I mean, of course, there's five, six records before that or seven or eight records. Eight? Nine, actually. I think the, yeah, ninth, that was our ninth record. If it's like if you don't love me now, you never will, you know. But but uh, question again. <laughs> I'm sorry. All right. All right. So so I'm still um, taking over the fish. <laughs> the, yeah. All right. So I threw out on the socials the the other night. Um, I said, give me give me some questions for Donnie. Um, before we jump into that, Wayne, do you have any questions you you want to throw out to to Donnie? Uh, no, I don't have any questions. I, just, I don't blame like you. I say, statements. I blame like I say, I, I was I was huge into the band uh, at the time. I, I remember getting the first record or the CD, uh, and I bought I bought Strength the week it came out after reading the Rolling Stone interview or the Rolling Stone review prior to its release. I'm just a huge fan. I don't have I can't. I'm starstruck. Thank you very I much. To say. He usually <laughs> defers to me for all the interview questions anyway. So Yeah, but you right. can't ask the questions. You don't know anything about them. Either. That's right, exactly. exactly. <laughs> That's okay. Welcome welcome to the party, man. I I did my homework though this the, the, this week. Um all right. So here here's a couple questions. Uh, Mike Wallace at, wanted to know what comes first for you, melody, lyrics or chords? Oh, definitely melody. Lyrics okay. are last. You know that you got to fill the got got to write lyrics because I have to have something to sing. Um, a lot of time, the way the songs come to me, it's uh, it's kind of like I've heard. It's like I've heard them before. The way they beamed into my head, it'd be like a hook or something, no matter where I'm at. And um, I'd hear that hook, and then it's my job to work out the rest of it. But it's it's always a melody or a hook or something like that. And then I go around that. I don't usually even pick up the guitar or the piano until um, basically trying to figure out what key it is or make some key changes and stuff. But I can 
I could do all of that without a piano or a guitar, but the, you know, obviously that's when you start figuring that stuff out is when you're retracting it and stuff, at least for me. And then lyrics yeah. are, lyrics are last. Gotcha. All right. Uh, next person, Rachel Joe Godwin. She asks, do it's you like Instagram girl? Is it? Okay. Yeah. So do you like performing more as a solo artist where you can make the decision and choose the players for each show? Or do you prefer playing in a group with the same guys at each show and sharing the responsibilities and decisions? Truthfully, I don't like performing at all because I have a really, <laughs> I, do, I have really bad anxiety and the road out there is, you know, with my recovering addict and all that stuff there's so much you know it's dangerous and it's temptation and when you're on the road you know i mean there's besides friday and saturday night then there's monday through thursday or whatever in Bellevue, south dakota you know to 40 people and shit like that and it's like you know it's, it's just detrimental and but uh i i used to think i did everything until i tried to do it alone and then i started yeah. realizing what my partner actually did and everything and, and there was a there was a confidence Whenever we we went to do anything, when I was you know we were going to walk on stage with Chip, or I was going to go into a TV interview, or this and that, or play something, there was a confidence that we had. We knew it would go well. We knew that we kicked ass. You know what I mean? And um, and then after not me not playing out for so long, it was like six years since I had played a show, a live show, and uh, putting together a band and stuff. I just I just not a that network type kind of guy that knows how to you know I don't get out there and meet people and stuff and. Uh, you know, I don't have a whole lot of uh, connections or phone numbers and shit like that, so I'll just put it out on Facebook. Hey, I'm going to put a band together, and then you know, you get hundreds of guys who uh, from the cock rock era that, that they, I could play all them solos and stuff, which is the last thing I fucking want is is the solos <laughs> on the first couple of records, as great as they were. Yeah. You know what I mean, and so putting a band together is is kind of tricky, and, and it's like. I, I can write and sing and record and this and that and maybe fix stuff. But for some reason, when it comes to business and, and organization and shit like that and get things together like that, I fucking suck at that. You know what I mean? And, and so it is difficult for me to find the right guys because if I, I'm not going to play out anymore unless I have a band that sounds like my record. You know what yeah. I mean? It's yeah. got to be. And so you got to pay, you know, basically ringers until... You know, you get a little bit of a little more credibility and, um, you know, cause most most uh, anybody worth a shit never heard of me either. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kevin Placer wants to ask, um, what inspired you to write the song Fly Away from the 10 record? What's the inspiration behind Fly Away? was a friend of mine um this chick that uh 
was being abused and uh, we had, you know, a lot of domestic issues and boyfriend was beating up on her and stuff and her life. I was watching her go down the shitter and uh, she was really sad and depressed. So I wrote that song kind of for her and, and I know not a lot of other girls in that situation. And plus I know it, if you're a fan of mine, I'm like the, the king of the broken people. You know what I mean? So yeah. I can just assume and take, you know, just know for a fact there's going to be more out there, you know. And so that's where that song uh, came from. And, and a lot of them that are like that, I'm kind of singing to myself, you know, and hoping somebody else can get it too. But, you know, there's nothing like, you get a lot of chicks when you write a song like that for chicks. You know? <laughs> hey, get away from that guy. I'm I'm better, you know what I mean? <laughs> but I'm the worst. I'm the worst guy you could be going out of it. All right. Uh, you you mentioned Renee as part of your part of your team. She said, "What song were you performing on stage when you had a frog in your pocket?" Tell your story, please. Frog in my pocket? That's not a frog. I was just happy to see her. <laughs> I never played a show with a frog in my pocket. Okay. She's talking about a picture I took outside of a studio. There's a frog in a pond. And... Okay. All right. Sorry, Renee. We. Don't have a story there for you. I can make one up. That was one of those, to- oh, the toad, that you lick the toad and you start tripping and shit. It was, might have been that thing. It might have been that. <laughs> All right. Uh, Andy on Twitter asks, uh, there goes my heart is my favorite. Uh, enough's enough song. It's unique for you for them. What was the musical inspiration? He asked, is it the Beatles? Which surprise surprise we're going to talk about the Beatles and then he also wants to know who arranged the horns on that um, by that point there wasn't it wasn't bands inspiring any particular thing anymore that's you know it's kind of embedded into me the Beatles this was my education in music you know from five up until when I started writing and shit and so um, just like just like most of all the other songs I do believe we were at a a party, a high times party, because we were cannabis. I was on the cover and cannabis cup judges, and we were at the the guy Steve Steve Yeager, and was uh, he ran High Times magazine. So we were at a party there. I was hiding from this party because there were all a bunch of pot smokers and smelled like petroleum oil and this and that. So I'm hiding in the bathroom with a guitar, and it just came to me, you know. And um, you know, as soon as the thing sun, hello Monday, da, 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 Tuesday, then I figured the next verse would be. But uh, no, it's, it wasn't inspired by any particular band. It's just that's just me, you know. Yeah. All right. Um, Todd Steele wants to know, what do you feel is your biggest accomplishment and your biggest regret? <laughs> probably they're probably both the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Careful what you wish for. Biggest biggest accomplishment. I would have to say uh, succeeding to get it, reaching that goal that I had set from when I was five years old to to standing there and you know in an arena playing and being on MTV and on all the radio and everything that was the biggest accomplishment and the biggest regret was what we discussed in the first uh, well no the biggest regret was ever uh, trying any drugs okay and alcohol and he wants to know any chance of a reunion with Vic and Chip. I don't know about Vic, but uh, Chip, yeah, I got him playing all my stuff again. Okay. You know, he's playing, he's one of the best bass players. I'm singing on that Last Enough's Enough record. I sang a song on there, and um, 
if if it if the occasion arises where it makes sense and it's something that uh, that would make sense to do, you know, business wise and this and that, then then of course there there could be. I don't know about if if I you know I'm in if if there's we're talking you know you're talking the dollars we're you got the dollars the scratch. I'll, I'll, yeah I'll play with play with the <laughs> whoever you know what I mean but. Um, I don't know. You never know. Japan might want something like that, you know. But Derek's gone, so there's no reason to have a, a full blown reunion, you know. <laughs> yeah, you you guys were huge over in Japan, correct? Yeah, we did really well there. Was it the so w- the episode that we just put out this week, um, the week that we're recording this, was our episode about cheap tricks at Budokan? Yeah. That was that was a really important record for Wayne and I. We played that a lot during our high school days. It was a lot an important record for Cheap Trick. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely was. When people compare you to Cheap Trick, did did the Japanese listeners kind of grab onto that? Of they kind of sound like Cheap Trick. That's that that those are our guys. Well, we all look alike to them. You know what I mean, but. I love the Japanese, <laughs> okay. but yeah, Cheap Trick, it's like that, uh, the sound, you know, but they, they also love very, they very much love visual and uh, colors and, and that whole thing. We had that going, plus that, that Beatlesque sound and melodic sound and stuff. So uh, Cheap Trick was, a lot of the comparison is always because of, a lack of anybody else to compare us to, you know, that cheap trick was, was one of the only other bands I could think of besides, you know, a handful through history that, that had this, that, you know, they were inspired by the Beatles and, and, yeah. you know, that actually, but also played aggressively and, uh, you know, with some gain on their amps and loud and stuff, you know what I mean? And so that's what we did. And, and, uh, I think Japan, I don't know if, I don't know if that they necessarily uh, correlated with with that, but um, I imagine it's something to do with it. Okay. All right. Last question from the listeners. So Andrew Dixon said, "My favorite songs of yours: It's Too Late, Habit, Help, and Roll Away, are all about drugs and regret. They're also some of your best songs. Would one exist without the other?" I don't think so. Yeah. No, okay. I don't think so. I just I write about and sing about whatever's uh, going on with me at the time. You know what I mean? And that's that's what's going on. And like I said, King of the Broken People. And you know, I would usually be singing singing to myself. You know, giving you know, come on, what the fuck are you doing? You know, and trying to knock some sense into myself. And and um, and but I would my hopes would be that somebody else out there would hear this that I was going through and, and it could relate and it could help them or help, you know, the empathy. And, uh, and it has, and lots of, lots of fans have let me know that, you know, I mean, some have really let me know that it's done, you know, some certain songs that like somebody was going to kill themselves. And then this song stopped them. Okay. Things like that. It's pretty heavy, heavy duty that shit, is. you know? Yeah. Well, considering that you're writing songs about what happens to you, so is there going to be a song about a uh, white fish with cysts that you had to let go? I don't think white fish with cysts would 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 work for what I'm doing now. <laughs> you know what I mean, I could I could see a, a scenario where I I might end up in a band that ends up playing songs called White Cysts. 
fish with white cysts, you know what I mean? But that's, yes. that's just how yeah. my luck goes. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, so, so if, Don, Peter, if Peter don't get me, because I posted it on my, my Facebook uh-oh. page, me letting it go. So Peter will probably be at the door. <laughs> uh, well, all you have to do is, well, I didn't want to flush it. Couldn't do it. I wouldn't be able to yeah. do that, you know? Yeah. All right, um, so tell us what record you chose to revisit for this episode. I picked Rubber Soul. Okay, why? Because Revolver was taken. Because we already, <laughs> did, we already did Revolver with the great Matthew Sweet, which was a lot of fun. Uh, he's a great guy. So uh, let me just throw this out here. Anytime that we do a Beatles episode, so this is our third Beatles episode that we've done, I feel a li- I feel a little anxiety come on because even though I'm a Beatles fan, I know that there are like these uber Beatles fans out there that are going to tell me that I got something wrong. So there's always a little bit of anxiety. So I'm just putting That's the dis- creepy. Uh, yeah, I'm just. I'm, That's a creepy fan, you know. It, it's it like, is. Hey, uh. So I'm just putting out the disclaimer. This is all about how we. We listen to this record and we love this record and our thoughts about it. And if I screw up some of the research, well, I guess you can sue me for what we make from yeah. this podcast, which can is have all nothing. the proceeds. Yeah, uh, you go. yeah. Well, who's to say it's you fucking up? It could be them. Maybe they. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. They believe in the hype. Paul is dead. You know. Right. I got on this site called Beatles Bible, and it was, they broke every song down and every record. And I was reading some of the, and the good comments and the uh, good the article. And then I went down, and there were comments posted by these clearly these super Beatle fans, and they were like catfighting. And I just started laughing, and I never looked at any more of them again. It's like George Martin would never do that. The relationship he had with Paul was like a parent. And then it was like the other guy was like, "Were you there? You weren't even there." And I was just was. It was so catty. It was hilarious. You, you know, with just with, with just speaking for myself personally, but like you know, I've I've read some things like the Beatles and stuff that people read too much into things, and it's basically you just wrote a song that day. You know, what I mean, you need lyrics to fill it in and stuff. That's a cool title. That's a cool line and stuff like that. And then you get the fanaticals that uh, that go way into it and live by it and stuff. You know, and uh, you know that's it's. It's a crazy situation, you know what I mean? But uh, what do you, who's to say? Wayne, have you not learned anything from like social media? Don't read the comments. I, well, and I only did it don't. the first time. I, did, I didn't do it after that. When the one okay. guy commented, you don't know, you weren't there. I just I was like, I just laughed and la- I let it go. I just You don't know that. Yeah. yeah. How does he I, yeah. know that? I don't. Yeah. You could be 70 years old. <laughs> you know, I doubt it. You don't look 70, but you don't know that. We're not. Or not. All right. Uh, so Rubber Soul was the sixth studio album from the Beatles released in December of 1965. The North American version of the album, we'll talk about that here in a, in a second. But that's what I had. Yeah. So that that's missing. That's missing a number of tracks. So that was missing. Drive my car. Um Nowhere Man. Nowhere Man. What goes yeah. on? And if I needed someone, and then they put on what were the two? Was it yesterday on there too. Um, there were two. There were two songs from Help that ended up being on the record instead. Correct, Wayne? Did you do the research on this? I read the track list and it was missing. Drive my car. So I was glad that you had chose the other. 
Yeah. But then uh, the, the English much. version is missing. Um, it's only love, isn't it? You know, it's only love, isn't isn't. He didn't list that in the. Michael didn't list yeah, that in the list. Yeah, it's okay. So that's that's one of the the, the songs from Help. It's only and, love. Uh, I've just and I've just, and seen, I've just a seen a face. That right. Yeah, that's those not, that was. Yeah. Yep, those are the two songs that were from Help that they put on the North American. So you had the more North American version of this record. But from Help, uh, those songs weren't in Help. I've just seen a face and, um, and it's the only Help love. Uh, were they from the Help sessions? Because I, so. I had I had no clue about that. Cause, uh, yeah, so you probably had the original. Did For Help, did you have the the version that had the orchestra music from the film? Yeah, it has some of that on it. And like Hard Days and Hard Days Night had the same stuff. Okay, you know? so you had the North American version of that one as well. I didn't have any of them. <laughs> or I had, or I you had copied from other people. I copied, I had a cassette recorder and I would, re, I would tape my buddy's records. You know, I didn't have any money. I didn't have any records or anything. Couldn't afford them. Yeah. You know, so it, like I said, the radio or my, you know, taping my buddies. But yeah, the record that I had had and then and seen the jacket and then my uncle had the jacket. That was It was a whole different record than the one that uh, you guys are discussing. But they did that with a lot of them, you know. Yep. Uh, this, was, uh, this was a hit on the, the, on the charts. This was a UK and a US uh, top, top, I guess, number one, number one record. Certified six times platinum. That's pretty good, right? That's all. Like the, I think that was George Harrison. Somebody else said that that, that was their favorite record. Uh, it's when they kind of came into their own and they were really writing their own stuff and not covering anybody else's shit and starting to explore the studio and stuff like that and different things. Yeah, and I can, I can totally see how George would say that this was kind of the evolution because I feel like this is where George starts coming into his own. Oh, yeah. Well, it was still the combo. It yeah. was still the Beatles combo. You know, it didn't have all that George Martin stuff, all the orchestration, all right. that other shit. Didn't you know? That was like I think that was close to their last one. Or Revolver, Revolver, and Rubber Soul are kind of sort of the same record, as far as I'm concerned. You know, I mean, I had Revolver, or I mean, I had that. You know, that and the Revolver is is different. You know, what I mean, than uh, than the one. So I don't even know. You know. <laughs> All right, um, so we're going to go track by track. We're going to go through each of the songs. We are going to try and determine what our top five is based off of uh, cumulative scores. As a reminder, our scoring is based on number of songs on the record, and we already talked about that we're going to score the UK version of this. So, Wayne, how many songs on this version? Fourteen. Which means our top song is going to get 14 points. Nick's favorite song, 13 points on down to lowest score of one. So let's kick this off with Drive My Car. And, and this is, I didn't realize that this had cowbell until this week. <laughs> no, what More I didn't cowbell. realize, I didn't realize is there's so much tambourine on this record, but, and it's done well oh, yeah. and it's done poorly, 
but this song is the, I think this is the first Beatles song I remember hearing. I mean, like I can remember looking at the AM radio between the two seats of the, uh, the, the, the front seats of the, uh, of, of the station wagon and hearing this song. You know, we didn't have car seats back then, so I was just maybe buckled in. Right. Might have been standing up. Is that a crate? Right? Yeah. Uh, but this the is one of my early, the earliest ones I remember. And like I say, it has this great energy. And I didn't realize, obviously, as a as a toddler listening to it on, you know, the oldie station that it had it was so sexually charged. But it has it, it's got some it's it's got some great stuff in it. Some like that. The line about uh, I, oh, I, we can do something in between. And then there's another one about uh, I got some I can show you a better time. And then like I said, I like that it's kind of flipped into the, uh, so the woman is the more aggressive uh, part of this song. And then at the end it flips and she doesn't even have a car. She just, but she's got a driver now. So that's, that's a start. She could drive his car. (laughs) Well, that's the way it always is, isn't it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and Wayne, you brought up the fact that you heard this on AM radio. I could have sworn that this was a single. So I kept looking for research of chart position. Um, I don't. I'm not old I do, enough. I to heard it as a single. I was. I could. Well, I couldn't see that it was that it was released as a single, but it was. It was on the radio. It was something that they played. So yeah, this was one that got past me because it wasn't on. Right, it wasn't the on version the version that I was hearing. I kind of on the late show would drive my car. That came later, you know, as a because it, it wasn't wasn't on these records you know and i didn't i was like what song is that you know there's there's a few of those that wouldn't have been on you know that I, i'm on the late show and i didn't hear it till later and so yeah. it, it's a great song you know but they wrote a lot about hookers ticket to ride uh day tripper stuff like that you know but and day tripper yeah, I mean, that, was, that, that was just before this that wasn't on this that was on, on it that was a non-record a non-album single uh yeah. it's one of my favorite songs yeah. but uh yeah, just like I say, this has a great and this uh, you could tell they're they're trying because the way they work the guitar with the bass line is uh, uh, which I believe they were trying to rip off Otis Redding from respect. But this has a great I, you can see their Motown influence from just coming from America uh, on this on this. That's song McCartney on the guitar right now. Oh, is it? McCartney yeah. playing guitar. Okay. On that, yeah, okay. you can tell McCartney's got the real melodic solos that you can sing and hum. But it's also kind of choppier, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. You know, he's he's better, you know, I'm, I'm a hack on guitar, but, you know, people think I got tasty souls. I'm melodic and stuff. It's just the, the technique and stuff like that. But, yeah, McCarty played all, he played all this uh, guitar in that song. Gotcha. All right, well, let's get scores. This is my 13. Wayne, your score? This is also my 13. All right. And, Donnie, what was your score? Well, I feel like bad, but it was, <laughs> I gave it I gave it three just because it wasn't because I don't like the song. It's just because there's other ones that I like better. Absolutely. <laughs> it's all good. It goes. This, our scoring is all subjective. This was very hard to do that, too, by the way, <laughs> we, when I had to sit there and rate those songs. We know. Right? We know. It's I, like, what, what the fuck are these guys? What is this? There's a handout and homework and all this shit? I believe, we, <laughs> I, I believe we've been called heartless bastards a couple different mm-hmm. times. So it's, a, it's all good. We completely understand. All right. Well, I didn't do well in school, you know. All right, next song is Norwegian Wood, in parentheses, This Bird Has Flown.
I'm just going to defer it over to Wayne because I see what your score is. I, you know, and here's the thing. This one sneaks up on you. Uh, and ultimately, it was the rel- – I've been getting into the story because it's actually – so I did read something that John Lennon was having an affair and he wanted to write a this song about it. This was on the it. Beatles Bible. Is that what you're saying? You saw um, it on I, the- I think that it was mentioned there and somewhere else too. But um, So he doesn't want his okay. wife to know, obviously. So he writes, he thinks he's being really clever, but he really puts this, this whole relationship with this, which this unnamed person, no one, everybody had different theories on who it was, but he puts it all in what's in the song. It sounds like it's one evening, but it's really, I think that's analogous. I think it's the whole relationship kind of microcosmed into one night. So, but it goes just like, a, I think it was one night, Yeah, but it comes in, it reminds yeah. me of a lot of rela- at least two relationships that come to mind where all of a sudden, because just from the first line, once I had a girl, or should I say she once had me, like it started out one way and then it and at some point the tide turned and, one, and he was more into her than she was into him. But the, mm-hmm. And then just the line about she asked me to sit down, but there were no, you know, I noticed there were no chairs. So that's, to me, that the, the intimation there is that, that they're, that they're going to fool around. And then the drinking... You know the good times, and then the 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 whole thing starts to turn with. Uh, then she said, she says, "I gotta I gotta work in the morning." So you know what? You gotta find yourself someplace else to go. And he sleeps in the bathtub. But I guess my favorite part is ultimately he burns the whole fucking thing down. And not not that he literally burned it down, but that he metaphorically uh, burned it down. Because at the end, when you get done like that, or feel like you've been done dirty like that, you gotta lash out some way, whether you. Post pictures of them. You're thinking way too much into that song. I believe it's, <laughs> is that what they is that what they call back then? Fucking a groupie for the night? Is that what they call that an affair and all that stuff that you're thinking? Uh, I think I read some book somewhere. It was it was basically it was a as a one night stand, you know. Okay. But I hate to burst the bubble or anything, but you never know. Hey, we we're known to overanalyze a few things on this podcast. Yeah, that's a hell of a lot. Is the truth. <laughs> I used to wonder all that shit too until I became a songwriter and stuff. And you read people ask me all the time, "What was this? Who inspired this?" Like the love songs and stuff like that. And then people don't ever believe me. Girls don't believe me that that was about nobody. You know what I mean? It's just doing my job. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's they're not always so inspired. You you got to write songs. You need songs. You need lyrics. You know, it's might be a couple of things that inspire you, but a lot of it is filling in the blanks. What's a cool sounding phrase to go here? You know, what'll rhyme with that? What rolls off the tongue right? You know, there's it's, uh, there's a lot more uh, of your craft involved than there is inspiration and motivation, I think, in, when you write a lot of songs like, like I do or like they yeah. did or other people. You know, you can't, how can you have that many meaningful uh, situations in your whole life? You know? Can't all be Dylan. Look how many I've done. That's 74 different releases that, that I've... I've done 70 fucking four, you know, <laughs> discs and releases. That's, and, uh, that's mighty how, impressive. Yep. How could that all be about somebody? <laughs> <laughs> Are you guys getting mad at me? No. no. It seems like you guys just got mad at me for no. some reason because I about Norwegian wood. <laughs> no, I hate that song. No, we, we love it. We love the com- conversation. All right. <laughs> Donnie, what's your score on Norwegian wood? 
I think on nine. You know, I played that song a lot. We've done that. Every acoustic thing we Chip and I ever did, that song was in there. Very good. Wayne, your score? And I and I did like the acoustic element of it. Even, and I'm not a huge fan of the sitar, but I think the way they, I'm not sure they couldn't have used a different string instrument and maybe pulled it off, but I will never know. But uh, I this was my favorite song. All right. This is my 11. That's cool. All right. Next song is You Won't See Me. This is a Paul song. Um, guys, you guys heard the Anne Murray version of this? No. Okay, don't. Um, it was a it was a top ten hit in the U.S. and Canada in 1974, and I do remember my parents since they loved Anne Murray. I did hear this version. Anne Murray, what did she sing? What was the other thing? Or she was like her for? her big song was like "You Believe in Me" or something like that. Yeah, I think was that was, was it. that it. I think that's it. They think I got her confused with somebody else. And, <laughs> I don't know. Nah. It's Captain Tennille. Yeah, same, same vein. Yeah, same yeah, vein. Right Did she have her own show? Did she end up with her own show in the 70s? You know, didn't everybody have their own variety yeah. show in the 70s? I was thinking of Helen Reddy. Oh, okay. I confused it with Hel- <laughs> Helen Reddy. There you yeah. go. All right. Six, one, half a dozen. The other. That's right. <laughs> this is the uh, longest song in the record at three minutes, 20 seconds. I read this was the longest Beatles song. At the time, this was the longest Beatles song. Yep, at the time. This album goes really quick. So you've got 14 songs in 35 minutes because most of the songs are in that 220 to 230 range. So the fact that, you know, they're in three-minute territory, I don't know. Did, when you're writing songs, Johnny, do you, do you think – I got. I got to make this four minutes. I started trying to write shorter songs. I started snipping them because it's easy to make your song, you know, pretty long. You know, you do, you know, verse and another verse. You do a, a couple of choruses, then you then a bridge, then a guitar solo, and then you want to try to come out of that with a, another, uh, you know, bridge to chorus, another chorus, and then a vamp out and stuff. And yeah. and before you know it, you're at you know you're over four minutes and stuff. And so I've learned to to break it. You know, just trim all the fat and all the bullshit and get you know don't bore us get to the chorus and um exactly like my my latest record beautiful things uh that record that's 10 songs and it's it's over in 40 minutes okay perfect all right um theory on this song is it was paul and his actress girlfriend jane asher at the time and uh wrote it because she didn't want to put her acting career behind his needs is that is that accurate yeah i heard she was out of town doing the production of great expectation or something and okay. he was he, he wasn't he couldn't see her he's in london recording this yeah all right um anything lyrically this one doesn't have a whole lot of lyrically stuff for me i like i like the i like how it works with uh i'm looking through you the first he can't see her i won't you won't see me and then when he does, he's looking right through her. But uh, I do like, I like the, the harmonies in this with, with the ooh-la-las uh, from the other two. Um, this is, this, 
three songs in a row, a different tambourine player each time. <laughs> I, I did. I did see that. Wayne is fixated on tambourine, just so you I'm know. Not, it's, hey. just, I, it's amazing how badly it can be done and how well it can be done. There's a couple of times I think Ringo's the best. Very underrated instrument, the tambourine, especially in those days when you're just doing two track and stuff like that. You really couldn't hear a lot of the drums and stuff. Yeah. Tambourine, you hear that more than anything because that really brings the feel. That makes the movement in the song so it's not so straightforward. It's the, you know, you got that movement going against the beat and stuff. But, uh, as far as I like the I like the bridge in that song more than, that's my favorite part of it. Time after time you refuse yeah. to. I thought that was pretty cool, but uh are we talking about what I rated it? Yes. What's your score on that, Donnie? I think uh, that's the third one we're talking about. Yep. It's I got a four there. Okay. Wayne. I gave it an eight. Like I say, you can hear the frustration in Paul's in his lyrics with this yeah. with this relationship. All right. And this is my six. Leads us to Nick's song, which is Nowhere Man. He's a real nowhere man Sitting in his nowhere land Making all his nowhere plans for nobody Doesn't have a point of view Knows not where he's going to Isn't he? Lennon song. Yeah, what a great track. It was a uh, Billboard number three hit in the UK. I just read something about that just the other day, too. I got some facts information for you. Let's hear it. Drop it. I guess Lennon was commissioning. They had, to, they had to come up with so many songs for something that they were doing. So it's another record or something. And he was trying to write one. And he just couldn't. He had nothing came to him or anything. And then he uh, smoked a joint and laid down in the bed and was just relaxing and getting ready to drift off to sleep. And the song came to him. He got up and, and worked it out. And the next day they recorded it. Excellent. Isn't isn't the, there a character in Yellow Submarine that is Nowhere Man? It's something nowhere. I did read that. Is it was somebody nowhere? Okay, it had a first name. Oh, that's Jamie right. Nowhere. Okay. Or, yeah. Yeah, that record. That record was made one, uh, way before the Yellow Submarine. Correct. That that, yep. that was way down the line. That was after I think Magical Mystery Tour. Yes. Wayne, anything else on Nowhere Man? Lyrically? Yeah, and I, I had read that he that he that he just tried and tried and was trying to. Th- to write a song and nothing was coming in the instant he decided fuck it i'm gonna lay down uh as he laid down the whole the whole thing came to him and it's supposedly it's about and like i say the self-proclaimed laziest man in england it was about himself and how but it, it's funny is it it feels much bigger though it, it that nowhere man some of those phrases about you know uh doesn't have a point of view doesn't you know uh knows not where he's going to it definitely sometimes feels uh, very reminiscent of middle class America. Yeah, so it's reminiscent of my life. <laughs> <laughs> um, my last notes on this are the ending. Oh my gosh, so good! I love the ending of this, where What's they that? do a little, they do the, the 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 harmony portions. I just love it. Uh, what song was that? Nowhere man. Yeah. 
great harmonies in that song. Three part yep. all the way through. Except yep. for the all right. Um, this is my 12. Wayne, your, your score? This is also my 12. Like I say, he says he wrote it about himself, and it does feel like where he, he's going to use his influence later on in his political activism, too. So it's like he it's almost like some sort of epiphany where he notices that he's not he's not using this this influence. Yeah. Donnie, your score on this one? I believe I've got a 13 here. Now, I'm, I'm confused. Is number one your favorite or or is that your least favorite? One is your least, least favorite. favorite. Oh, okay. That makes sense now. 13, yeah. All right, I get it. <laughs> All right, uh, next song, Think for Yourself. And this is the first of two George Harrison songs. Um, I looked at the discography of Beatles songs. This is the first Beatles album that includes two George written songs. All the others yeah. had maybe like one, like Help, the one before had I Need You. That was uh, that was his, his lone song on that record, which that might be my favorite song on that record. Yeah. I love that song. Mm-hmm. I think the best thing about that song is the, is the distorted bass, the fuzz bass that he plugs so through a, a guitar pedal. That's my favorite part of that song. Yep, so good. Wayne, what did you find for research? Uh, I think my favorite thing that I found was that in his, his 1980 memoir, he, he said something like, uh, it sounds like it's about somebody specifically, but he goes, I don't know who. Like, I don't, I don't recall. <laughs> that sounds <laughs> like Donnie. Yeah, that sounds like Donnie's super, way of writing. Uh, That's how yeah, it is. It has usually, a really you know? karma. It has a really uh, 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 a kind of a karma feel about it. You know, what you do is going to come back. Uh, and he was getting into that. He was starting to get into that uh, Eastern mysticism stuff. So yeah, but uh, yeah, and like I say, the uh, the I think there's something about them. See, like I say, there's a lot of maraca on here too. And sometimes it's done super well. And this time it feels. The tambourine and the maracas are feel like they're a little far up in the mix. Maybe well, you know they were still doing back it. in the next song. They were still all kind of like standing there playing and singing live at that. Still at that point, you know, you only had two track. That wasn't. I think they were just moving to four track, or or was that at uh, Sergeant Pepper? But that's you know, so somebody's got to play it. Whoever's not doing something, you know what right. I mean, or whoever's singing backgrounds or something like that. And they got they did all that stuff, you know, like we used to do in the old days, you know. So Wayne, your homework is find out who played each of the background vocals on 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 that, and we'll score who did the maracas and the tambourines. I got best. all that written down on each one. I wrote that all down. Oh. This is Ringo on the maracas, and John, who is by far the poorest tambourine player in this band, <laughs> uh, on this one. I wrote I wrote all that down. Okay. I, yeah. I told you, Donnie. He's fixated on the tambourine. <laughs> Told you. I see Not fixated. That. You can do it well and you can do it poorly. Yeah. Tambourine's right. a great instrument. I use it all the time. Yeah. Yep. I play and I do it poorly. <laughs> <laughs> Thank goodness for loops of tambourine. <laughs> all right. Scores. Uh, this is my five. Wayne, your score? Uh, four. And Donnie, your score? Um, this would be number two. 
for me. Okay. All right. What's next song? Is this again? Think for yourself. All right. Yep. Think, think for, for yourself. yourself. All right. Next song is the word. You can't really listen to this song without thinking of the 60s, right? Like, this song yeah, yeah. Yeah. is very dated to me. Like, all the other songs, I think, on this record, for the most part, are timeless. This one, you kind of get transported back to that 60s time time frame. I felt the last one, too, had that same kind of, had a very 60s psychedelia you know, okay. sound to it. Um, I just thought this... To me, this one worked a little more of what made the Beatles uh, so great um, at, at a little more of their self. And like I say, you, I mean, the word, uh, you know, love is all you need. Love is the word. That's it. I think the chorus is weak on that song. It's basically, I think, a B-side. But I think the verses, Lennon's verses on that, that that's the coolest part of that song, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the, the chorus, I think, is kind of weak for a Beatles song. Yeah, there's not much to it. Um, all right. Anything else? Donnie, anything else on this song? No. Okay. <laughs> all right. Uh, your score on this one. Well, Wayne, what did you score on this one so I know what song this is? I gave it a nine. Okay. Um, well, then I gave it I a did, 12. And I do believe I gave it the maracas. Ringo <laughs> is top-notch. It, and like I say, otherwise the the last song I thought it took away from it, and this song this time he uses it to and it makes the song better. All right. How about the song Cucaracha? You like that song? <laughs> Cucaracha. They play good only good with, maracas only in with that tequila one. shots. Only on Cinco de Mayo. Uh, this was my two, um, and I hate my score for it. Um, I'm like you, Donnie. I ran out of numbers. Um, yeah. All right. So next song is. Michelle or Michelle. Which one should I say? Michelle? I guess I, think I it's should Michelle. Say. All right. I'm just going to say this is my third favorite song about a girl named Michelle. I okay. think it was about a clamshell. Because <laughs> they're English, they say, is it me? You know, it's Michelle. Yes, it's <laughs> Michelle. Love it. Mostly a McCartney song, if, from what I've heard. Totally, pre- yeah. yeah, I read the same thing. And my, I think, I think the, my favorite thing I read is he was talking to somebody who spoke French, and he said, is there anything that rhymes with Michelle in French? And she said, Ma Belle. And he said, what does that mean? And she said, my beauty. And he goes, that's great. He goes, that's yeah. gold. It's the same lyrics through the whole song. It's just he sings it in French and then he sings them in English. And it's basically the same thing. I always yeah. loved that song. It's a great voice on it. Now, I brought up earlier that 
I heard Drive My Car all the time on AM radio. Yeah, you heard this song all the time as well. Do you guys realize that this also was not a single in the in North America? I yeah, I would not have known that. It was this was this I have the same feelings. Like this as in my youth I remember this one coming up a lot also. I there is something about the, the French, radio. but I want to give him I want to give him total props cuz that's flawless French. I don't speak French, but I believe that that is perfect. If you want a fake speaking French, you just use those lyrics if you remember them. It's only monkey vont très bien ensemble. You know, like right. it, it's not, most people don't know what the hell you just said. You know, it sounds like well, you the know. The problem French. is, if somebody speaks French, they're going to start speaking it to you right then and there because they think you know. Somebody speaks French, then you time to hit the road. <laughs> so, try, it's time to leave. It's a nice try. Au revoir. You know? <laughs> Au revoir. This song won the Grammy for Song of the Year in 1967. And what's what's interesting to me is here 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 are the other nominees. And and just tell me if this is one of those one of these things is not like the other. Okay, so here are the other nominees: "Strangers in the Night" from Frank Sinatra. Strangers in the Night. Ray Ray Conniff performed "Somewhere My Love," which was Laura's theme from Doctor Shivago. The instrumental from John Barry for "Born Free." And then the impossible dream from the Man of La Mancha Broadway soundtrack. And then you have the Beatles. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a, it was a no-brainer who won that one. Yeah. But, but it's weird because you said 67 because the song was in 65. Yeah. yeah. I, who knows? I, Maybe that has something to do with it. That might be something. Yeah. We're still releasing singles from Rubber Soul three years later. Right. Exactly. All right. Um scores this is my nine wayne what do you got i I gave it five i gave it a five okay and then donnie your score 11 all right next song is what goes on i think this is where we flip the record (laughs) over as well i think we're all uh, in agreement are we all in agreement (laughs) with that one uh oh no you're not no no huh Donnie, you had the highest score out of all of us. Uh, th- this is the token Ringo song. If I believe, if I remember correctly, I think I had scored that last. Oh, what goes on was the Ringo song, it, and this doesn't look like the right score on that well, one because I there's definitely would have put that last. Okay, I don't well, like that song. okay, I don't well, like it this, at all. <laughs> I'm I'm adjusting yeah. the score right now. Then here we go. I'm adjusting that. Yeah, and that's funny as I. I don't know. It's so twangy. It has a, and I, I know they can do country because to me they they absolutely killed "Act Naturally" by Buck Owens. So they they can right. do it. It just I don't know. There was something about it. I, this of all this of as many times as I listened to it in the last couple of weeks, this was the only song I skipped. I didn't skip it every time, but I would skip it. Okay. I'd even skipped it on my tape. <laughs> This is the only song in the Beatles catalog that is credited to 
Lennon, McCartney, and Starkey. Hmm. I didn't even know they had anything to do with the writing on that one. Uh, yeah. Um, all right. So this was your one, Donnie. Wayne, what was your score? Uh, this was also my one. Okay. And um, Yeah, my scores are off here. They're not, these aren't. Okay. So I don't know if, if my other ones are right either, but <laughs> for what All it's right. worth. All right. Well, this is good. this is this is my four. I gave I gave extra points just because I feel bad about Ringo songs. Yeah, we well, usually score them low. The drums are super simple. Like it's just there's just a snare. There's no cymbals. Like almost like he was singing it when he when he was playing the drums. Like you can track this. You don't have to do them at the same. How time. hard could it be? <laughs> Sing that song. All right. Uh, next song is "Girl." She promises the earth to me and I believe her After all this time I don't know why Ah, oh, girl Girl, girl She's the kind of girl who puts you down When friends are there you feel a fool And maybe I should have went Next song is "Girl." Yeah, right. You have to do that part. That's creepy. That so this gets my one just because of that. That drove me nuts. So this was this was my version of "Bad Tambourine," Wayne. That was mm-hmm. that was my "Bad Tambourine." Um, this was the last song completed for the record, and that's pretty much all I got. You got any any research? Um, not anymore. I know he, I know he wrote it about, you know, supposedly his perfect girl that she feels like he met when he met Yoko. But, uh, I liked, I liked it lyrically. I guess I just didn't like some, there was something about the way it sounded, especially towards the end when all that, that kind of Greek folk stuff comes up. But, uh, yeah, my favorite was definitely the third verse, the part with, uh, that ends with, you know, when you say she's looking good, she acts as if it's understood. She's so cool. Uh, so I like it lyrically. I just didn't. I guess I didn't. I didn't like some of the things sonically. All right. How about you, Donnie? I'm looking at your score. Was this a wrong score? Or do you do you really like this? One? I don't even know anymore. I don't. I'm lost <laughs> completely. I oh, like, no. What is it? We're on girl. We're on I girl. Like, I like girl. It's just I like the other ones uh, better. They, I've got right here. It says. Once uh, again, give me a ten. I don't think that these scores are uh, accurate. Uh-oh. All right, well. <laughs> I'm sorry, whoever did that, or, or maybe it's me. You know, maybe I'm not accurate today. I'm, I'm a different guy every day. It's all Maybe good. that day I liked it better. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, that happens. It does happen. All right, next song. It's hard. Is, it's hard to score Beatles songs, you know what I mean? It is. It's like, it what's is. your favorite child of your children, you know? Yeah. Sometimes that's easier. Yeah, sometimes that's easy. Um, all right. It's for me. Is, I don't have any. Uh, I'm looking through you's next
and I I love this song. I've always loved this song. This is more of a more McCartney talking about his girlfriend at the time, Jane Asher. Uh, yep. you, we already brought up the other song that he wrote that was uh, that was around that time. So um, sometimes it's it's those heartaches and the, the 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 bad the bad breakups or bad relationships that spawn the best songs, right? Oh yeah, yeah. you get a, get a piece of shit girlfriends with goldmining songs. <laughs> yeah, really, they are. Wow, goldmine should have been a songwriter. Yeah. Wayne, anything on I'm looking through you? Uh, like I say, it's it's starting to give you an insight of this relationship, which is just deteriorating quickly. Um, I love that organ riff kind of scat thing that they yeah. do as they come out of the chorus. Uh, some nice tambourine work by George and the hand claps by Ringo. Nice. Solid, hand claps, solid hand claps are, are underrated too, like... Uh, yeah, they are. You can do a, you can, I, I like you can make that. a song better, or you can make a song worse with some with hand claps. Depends. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Uh, I already said this is my top song. Donnie, what's, what's your score in this one? Looking through you would be. I gave it a. I guess I gave it a five. <laughs> Wayne, your score. I gave it a seven. I think it. And I don't not that this it hurt my score, but it start. They're starting. There's a couple of songs that sound very much like the birds, like okay, and which is interesting because they influenced the birds, and now the birds are influencing them. Look at how that works. All right, next song is uh, "In My Life." And Donnie, is yes, this sir. is is this your is this your top song? I do believe it is. I, it's one of my favorite songs of, of all time, of in, any artist. So instead of us uh, overanalyzing the song, do you want to do you want to play it for us instead? Perform it? Yeah. Well, if I haven't pissed you guys off too much, I will try. We're not pissed off. We're having a good yeah. time. See, We're, the idea yeah. just occurred to me two minutes before I signed out of this thing. Said, Shit, I could play a Beatles song, you know. And uh, a lot of times I don't like to play the songs because they want to hear Fly Michelle or something like that. And I don't ever want to play that sing that again. <laughs> but uh, let me see if this... Uh... Can you hear That's that? My, my favorite song about Can you Fly hear that? Yep. Yep. I haven't played it in a while. Have been moments when I was a friend. I still can recall 
Loved it, man. Thank you. Thank you so uh, thank you so much for awesome. doing that. That was that <laughs> My was pleasure. great. That I was love that cool. song. Done it a lot. I did too. I think that's on extra strength. I did a record called Extra Strength and I was the strength record, only I did it all intimate versions of the songs, and I think I threw that on there too. Very cool. Yeah. All right. Um so this was my 10. Wayne, what was what was your score on in my life? It's also my 10. I can say I think yesterday gets a lot of a lot more attention than than this song and I think this song is by far a a much better way of capturing. I can say this like when I hear this song, I can my life goes by in slow motion. Like the good parts and the bad parts, uh this song really is able to capture that. And then like I say I do like George Martin's like baroque style pianos solo oh, towards yeah. the end before they redo the verse because it really i don't know it just really takes you back no matter where you what era you're from that you're that takes you back and kind of puts every kind of centers everything yeah all right next song is wait And also a Lennon song, is that right? Uh, that's a combination because McCartney sings the bridge. That's I right. feel as though you ought to know. And usually, if they whoever sang it probably wrote that part. Right, right. Um, I don't have any notes on this one. Uh, Wayne, what do you got? Um, I guess it was written to be included on Help. Okay. And wasn't. Um, and like I say, I to me when they sing when John and Paul sing together. It really, for me, it brings it. It reminds me of that that stuff, that early Hamburg stuff when they're covering like old style rock and roll songs, uh, and I I I love that. I don't know my I, my score doesn't reflect it, but yeah, their voices sure sure blended together well, you know. Yeah, yeah, that was one of the things that set them apart for sure. Um, Wayne, what is your score? A uh, six. Okay, and then Donnie. We're on weight. I guess I gave it a seven. Okay. I've actually performed that song before enough enough when I was in this little thing, this little garage band we did that song. Yeah? Yeah. Very cool. This is my three. All right, next song is If I Needed Someone.
And and Donnie, just so you know, this I have this down as your one. Yeah, and it wouldn't be. And it wouldn't be. So no, what is goes this on, we... <laughs> is this your eight instead? Um. Yeah, I would imagine that's probably it. Okay. I like the song. You know, okay. I like them all, but like now there was a record we had where yesterday and stuff. There was a record called Yesterday and Today, which originally had the beat butcher butcher block cover. Okay. They made a Stucker a new label. Now that had yesterday and that song and and some other ones on it. That so I never. This is like, it, I mean, recently is when I've learned that these songs were on other records. I'm like, how the fuck did I not know that? Because it you wasn't I mean? on the North American release. That's why. Yeah. Well, there you yeah. Go. All right. Uh, this is a George song. What's interesting to me in the research that I did was the Hollies also did a recording of this and released it on the same day that rubber soul came out and had a top 20 hit with it. So anyways, they released it a week earlier. They might've had a number one. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I already mentioned the song. I need you from George this song has some of those elements to it which um which is why this gets one of my higher scores because I I just really love I love George um that's one of the things that I that I've uncovered over the last couple of years is how much I really love George um all right so this is my eight Donnie I guess we're gonna we're gonna go with an eight for you on this one um if I needed someone, it says number one, but it's not. Yeah, I guess yeah. we'll. Uh, we'll we'll, you know, we'll, I think I, we'll swap I think that anything out. Anything goes with numbers at this point. I think I had a thirty-three <laughs> on that one. <laughs> Wayne, what was your what was your score on this one? Uh, and like I say, it's a two, and I think that's. I don't. I don't dislike George Harrison as a guitar player. I know he sounds a lot like John Lennon, but uh, so there were times in my youth when I would confuse the two. Yeah. Um, this is Do you want to know a secret? That that confused me with that one too. I always thought that was John when I was really young. Yeah. Excuse me for you keep interrupting it. you guys. No, it's all good, man. But yeah, I I think that he. I know I read something that he was inspired by Roger McGuinn, and that is that you can absolutely hear it. This has yeah. got a very bird sound to it. Yeah, very much so. All right. Last but not least, we're going to wrap this up with "Run for Your Life." And if this was a song that was written in 2021, would would anyone be able to release this song? Probably not. <laughs> you, first, you could not write this song. Yeah, you couldn't write this. Yeah, not only... So you couldn't write this song today, period. But even back then, I don't know that anybody else besides John Lennon could have gotten... If Mick Jagger would have sung this song... It would have there would have been huge controversy. Of course, the Stones would have released it as a single, yeah. but it would have been you would have you would have heard about it. It would have been a giant uproar. But because it it has these menacing lyrics, but it's John Lennon, and you don't 
it doesn't seem it just doesn't seem real it doesn't seem realistic that john lennon is he's like it's tongue-in-cheek it has to be because it's john lennon for christ's sake yeah, it was yeah. a throwaway well was, as far as he was concerned it was a throwaway he felt he says a piece of shit just like uh, it's only love you know i love those songs we we put run for your life is on uh a one version of our see we got different versions too of records a dissonance record was the last one yeah. we made with nuts and up it was on there we did that so did did you did you see the same research that i did that lennon essentially took the line from presley elvis presley right, the, yeah. i'd rather see you yeah. dead little girl than be with another man and so he built he built this song around that one line that he took from. You Alex. read that in the Google feed, so, didn't you? That's where we but that's where I we did. both seen this recently. As I read that recently too. Yep, I did. I did see that in the Google because I wanted to go. I wanted to find out was this. Yeah, it it just seemed like it was a little bit of out of character for him. And I'm not sure. So the from the research that I said that I that I saw. Donnie, you already mentioned that he said it was a piece of shit. Was it because of the lyrics or was it because of like the entire song? It seems to me, through everything that I've read about through Lennon, what he has to say and stuff, the main the thing he doesn't he's not taking into account his voice, how his how cool his voice sounds on something, the melodies. He's always judging the song by the lyrics. That's it's that's what yeah. he's always, you know, ah, it wasn't about anything or this and that. Well, it was cool as fuck your voice it sounds great you know and this and that you know and uh well i'll tell you one thing you want to really get disillusioned is talk to the artist about his songs you know what i mean because people with the listeners imagine so many so much different things going through their minds then which is in any you talk to the artist like i do it all the time i totally disillusion the shit out of people about i did an interview just last week and the guy <laughs> told me forget what song it was one of my songs that uh he says, I just, I have to listen to this one every day. And this and that. I go, fuck, that's a piece of shit of a song. Go, that's, you're the guy. <laughs> and like when you, you imagine like when you're, you're listening to these records when you're growing up and stuff and you're picturing like, 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 the, like Rubber Soul, you'd picture the vibe, like what it would be like in the studio and stuff. And just like with us, you know, or, or even my last record, all these beautiful sounds and all this and that with your imagination. And you're it's just uh, like the, my life, beautiful things. Most of it was done in a basement. You know what I mean? With uh, yeah, you know, just built, you know, people did, people imagine things, and you really don't want to talk to the artist about his songs. You know, you get really disillusioned and let down. Well, we'll we'll keep all the mystique of this album then to ourselves. There you go. Because yeah, all right. Um, this is my seven. Wayne, your oh, score eleven. I think this is some of the best guitar work, um, and I do. I think his vocals on this are are they're. It's perfect. And like I say, this is, it has a real, like I say, so, sounds a lot like that stuff they were covering in Hamburg. It, they really, it's a throwback. Okay. And then Donnie, your score? Uh, I think I gave it a, what does that say? 8.000. Oh, six. Okay. I gave there it a six. Go. All right. Um, and this is at the point where I always go, did we cover everything? Did we miss anything? And I already know that we missed some stuff because it's a Beatles record. Yeah, so. and just like I say, the, the some of the stuff they were doing with with the channels, like you're listening to it, it's different from you know I'm listening to it on my phone, sitting on my desk. I put in headphones, and all of a sudden, some noises are different. coming from this side, and then some noises are coming from yeah. this side. They were really starting to mess with that, um, and it 
like I say, it, it, it changes dynamically the songs a lot. You're one of those guys that listens to songs on the speaker of your phone. When I'm working, I got a job. I got a, this. I get, I hate that. I, I tell everybody, you don't, if you're going to, don't, <laughs> don't even do listen that. to it. If you're going to listen to it on the speaker of your phone, don't throw it in the garbage. I don't even want you listening to my song. <laughs> it's uh, so terrible. There's no vibe. There's no volume. I like earbuds uh, or AirPods cranked. So that's how I like to I listen to stuff. I just got a pair. Yeah. All right. Um, so here's our here's our top five, based off of scores. Any guesses on number one? No, not anymore. Mm. Nowhere, man. No, I have no guess. Nowhere, man. Average score of twelve point three three. That's our that's our top. Oh, I see. Now that's what those other numbers mean. Yeah. So we've got a uh, tie for second in my life and Norwegian Wood. Average score of eleven point three three. Fourth is Drive My Car, average score of 9.66. And then last but not least, I'm looking through you, 8.66. And just outside of the top five was Michelle with 8.33 and Run For Your Life just missed outside at an eight. See, I got no idea what the fuck you were just talking about. No clue what what you just just, said, but but I totally agree with you. (laughs) <laughs> we just came up with our top five based off of our scores, Donnie. Oh, so okay. That's that's I'm sorry. a solid. That's a solid top five, though, right? You can't go wrong with that with the Beatles. No, no, that's that's good. Donnie, this has been a lot of fun. Ah, this has been great. Thank you guys for thinking of me. I'm glad you you allowed me to be on your wonderful show. Absolutely, we appreciate it as well. So tell people where they can find all the happenings of Donnie V. There's not a lot happening right now, but uh, <laughs> uh, even my website, donnyv.com, all any social media platform, you know, Facebook, Twitter, all that stuff. Okay. Um, I got a, we got a, song, a single and a video that uh, we've been wanting to release for quite a while, but it's just, a t- it's song's called Party Time, and it's not party time yet. You need the right timing <laughs> for it. It's a very, very commercial, marketable song I'm trying to use get it in something like a commercials or something like that. And, uh, and the video we ended up making for it, uh, is amazing. It's, it's really a great video. It's funny and it's entertaining and, uh, chips in that as well. But I got that shit going on. I think I'm going to release another song before that now. And I think we're going to try to do something where the fans can get involved in it and they can pay to mix it because I, it's like one thing that I don't make any money, but another thing that it's not, now I have to, it costs me money to do this, to get, to put out new songs. And, um, we're going to do something with a, a listener party or something like that, you know, for, okay. but, uh, yeah, you just find me anywhere you find anybody else except Very in, good. uh, except Forbes magazine. <laughs> there you go. There you go. All right. Well, um, let's, let's wrap this up so you can find all of our happenings on our socials, Wayne, uh, at Podcast Records on Twitter. You can find us on Facebook. Uh, just look for Records Revisit Podcast there. On Instagram, you do the Instagram. Wayne, where can they find us there? Uh, Records Revisited Podcast. And then, of course, uh, please make sure you go subscribe and rate or review us. And you can also find us on Patreon. Please go find us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Records Revisited podcast and uh, we got some some cool perks for people who sign up for the patreon including a live stream event coming up on may 18th where we are going to talk about the clashes london calling 
Donnie, you, you a Clash fan at all? Uh, should I stay or should I go? I'm not very familiar with much of the other. Okay. Rock and the yeah. Cosby, I remember that one. That That is combat rock. This I don't know if London. I'm that big a Clash fan. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, I like to should good. I stay or should I go, though. It's fantastic. All That's right, let's one. wrap this up. So thanks for listening. Please go support the arts. I would tell you to go to a live show, but you know the drill on that. So find your favorites wherever they're going to do a live stream event. Make sure you go and buy a T-shirt of the band. Buy a record. You can go visit a record store. Just mask up and do it safely. We are Records Revisited, and we are out. Well, out, out. (laughs) 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 I'm sorry.